we've gone slightly sort of off uh, the standard anyway because of the, the subjects we've been looking at a bit with identity and authority or what have you. Um, but I've often not seen one that sort of latches into this area of um, what we've entitled building healthy relationships. And yet, you know, clearly as a, uh, a leader of a church, but you know, I've, I've grown up in church and trying to follow Christ, you know, I'm, I'm well aware from my growing up and of my leading of churches, you know, at the heart of so much that can be so wonderful or so destructive is the whole area of, you know, our relationships and our relationships with one another in the body of Christ. Now, hopefully some of what we're looking at tonight, you know, can be applicable to um, relationships in general. Uh, and I know what uh, uh, Liz will be sharing will we'll certainly come into that as well. And um, in one sense, it might seem like we're getting it back to front, because uh, I'm going to get into the subject and, and some of the sort of uh, practical exhortations that we find in the epistles, if you like. And I've sort of left Liz's bit to the second half, because actually I think it's more fundamental. It's going to be taking us back to where we started a bit with our identity, but actually it's going to be totally key. Uh, and so that's why I wanted to, to leave us um, with that, so you know where we're going. So building healthy relationships. And the two um, first things we want to say is, Relationship is there in the heart of God. The Trinity, the triunity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God, in his very nature, in his essence, is, in one sense, plurality. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're not going to get into a big doctrine of the Trinity uh, that, you know, theologians have been arguing about over 2,000 years. Um, but we know that verse, don't we, from Genesis. Let us make man in our image. The Father, the Son, the Spirit were there at the beginning of time in creation. And within the Godhead, there is relationship. Okay? It's why we're the Christian church. We're not a Unitarian church. It's why we're not Muslim. It's only one God. Well, it's one in three. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And a little thought as I was just reflecting on this, as, as we look at, begin to look at, you know, healthy relationships for ourselves in our lives and in our church, that the more we have those healthy, right relationships, it's sort of about restoring the image of God in us, isn't it? And not just as individuals, it, it, it's a corporate thing as well. Um, and I know, you know, I can struggle with that a bit with, you know, our Western individualism mindset. Of course, you know, the scriptures and Christ centered in the Middle East, much more of a unified understanding of who we are, um, in our being. Let us make man in our image. And then, you know, Jesus says to his disciples, we will come to him and her and make our home 
with him. The dwelling of the Godhead, Father, Son, by his Spirit, in us. That's what happens uh, when uh, we're in Christ. And, and that's about relationship as well, isn't it? That image of making their home in us. So, the first underlying principle to remind ourselves is that in God, right at his heart, is relationship. And, you know, there are different sort of, um, ways you can sort of say, well, what's, what's the Christian faith about? Or what's the whole Bible about? You know, and some might say covenant. Or they might say salvation. But certainly one word you could say is relationship. It's about relationship. We're made for a relationship with God, but we're also made to be in relationship with others. Whatever our, in inverted commas, status is, child, teenager, single, married, divorced, separated, widowed, no, we're made for relationship. That's why the church is meant to be a place uh, where there are healthy relationships. So the second principle is relationship in the body of Christ. Body of Christ obviously is a, is a New Testament uh, term. Uh, that's where we find it, of course. I think this verse from 1 Corinthians 12, 27 that I've put there, I think it's one of the deepest, most profound statements in Scripture. When Paul says, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. That's a very deep, profound statement, I think. He's speaking to the body of Christians, the body of believers, and saying, you, in one way, are the body of Christ, the body of the living God. Yes, Christ in human form lived amongst you for 30, 33 years, and now he's seen no more until his bodily return hasten the day, come Lord Jesus, but until that day, and after that, you are the body of Christ. That's a, a sobering and solemn statement, as well as a, a wonderful uh, statement. We're told your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Most of the verbs in the epistles when they're talking to the church and writing these letters and when he's saying you nearly all of them are in the plural it's not an individualistic thing nearly all in the plural you as the people of God live this way of course there's individual application for all of us but it's that it's that plurality there this one will be singular, but I think it can be taken as plural as well, where he's saying, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
And that's a fairly deep and solemn statement as well, isn't it? You know, in terms of how we live and how we speak and how we treat others and how we treat others in the body of Christ. Uh, that's uh, a solemn statement. And yet also uh, a wonderful statement. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Your body is holding the Holy Spirit. You are a place of worship for the Holy Spirit. And that other solemn word linked in with the uh, communion, uh, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And again, there's often be two ways we can take that. You can say, yes, you know, is it just that, you know, you've been living in such a way there that you're, you're really just sort of despising, uh, the bread that you're about to eat to remember Jesus. Obviously, it was in the context as well where they were being greedy and uh, trying to get to the front of the queue and everything, and there was maybe all sorts going on. You know, the letter to the Corinthians, uh, there was a lot of things Paul was trying to sort out. So you've got that context, but also that, that phrase, recognising the body of the Lord, again, I think is quite a... Uh, a sentence to think about when we are relating to one another. Again, in God's church, not just locally, but beyond that, are we recognizing the body of the Lord? Is there love and respect? Uh, even when we disagree, recognizing that we all belong to the Lord. So, there are two starting blocks, if you like. That's the, the sort of undergirding theology when we say, so, you know, why healthy relationships? It's, it's an outworking of the image of God being restored in his people and an outworking of saying, we are the body of Christ. We know we're not perfect, far from it. We know how much we mess up. The letters that Paul was writing were to people who were doing great things for God, but also messing up and getting it wrong and what have you. That's still going on. Of course it is. But the call and the witness, if you like, to the world is to be, as much as we are able, Christ among them and to them and with them, not just as individuals but as the body of people. So that's our, our two building blocks. What I'd like us to do now, um, just in whatever, whatever works for you, roughly three or fours, but it, it really doesn't matter. If it's five or six, that's okay. If it's two or three, you know, there's no hard and fast rules, but, but roughly sort of uh, around four, something like that. Just two questions, I'll give you a few minutes and then say stop and start on the second one. Just very simply, um, the first one is, what do you value about being part of God's family, God's people, however you want to, you know, belonging 
to uh, God's people. You know, what do you value? What's good about it? What do you say? Wow, that's, that's just great. Oh, that's blessed. So, being positive. That's where you'll start. Okay? And then the second one will be, you know, what's hard about it? What, what, what's difficult? What's, you know, what's not so good sometimes? We're not going to major on that, but just, it's just going to be those two things. There's no right or wrong answers. Just have a bit of a brainstorm. We'll have a little bit of a feedback, and then I'm going to get into uh, our second bit. But uh, don't worry about that now. So we'll just have about uh, five or six minutes for this. So it's just just brainstorm. Okay. So you're going to have about uh, three minutes or so of just sharing a few things that you value about. Okay, folks. What we're going to do? Just, um, I'm not going to ask for like uh, feedback from every group type of thing. We're just going to have um, an opportunity though to just shout out just sort of uh, words that link into uh, to both. We're going to start start where you've just finished with just you know being with people. Sometimes things are hard and difficult. You know that is just it is reality. So any things you would say. Is sometimes hard and uh, not always easy. Different personalities. Personalities. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Sorry. Shyness. Okay. Because that can make it really hard to actually just relate to people at times, you know? Yeah. Other things. Whatever you want to say. To work at some relationships. Okay. Yeah. So, needs effort. Yeah. Politics and social background. Okay. Yeah. Politics, background. Use a better pen if it's running out. Yeah. It's a bit, bit light. Use a black one. Yeah. Okay. Opinions. Yeah. Worship, yeah. Okay. Anything else people want to say at this point? <laughs> no, no. Uh, he said, and I agree with him, that um, within church you can be really honest with people, which is a good thing, but it can make you very vulnerable, more vulnerable to being hurt. And it kind of hurts more because it's fellow Christians. Mm. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, understand what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Anything else? Don't we all? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Yeah. Sorry, Chris? Right, we'll leave that one. <laughs> okay. Hmm? I said you could find the vicar too. Jenny wants to put the vicar on there. <laughs> it could be. Can you put church warden down there? No, no. Now, see, we're getting into dangerous ground here. But that, that comes up. But you're absolutely right. Of course. 
Yeah. No, no. And that is, is people. Yeah. Yes, of course. Of course it is. Yeah. You know. And if you like, we would probably find you could put people on both sides. Of, of, of course we can. So let's, let's put on what we value as well. We know that there's more stuff there. It's, it's only just to uh, open this up a bit. So uh, what do you value about being uh, part of uh, God's family, wherever you are or wherever you have been? You can go anywhere in the world and find brothers and sisters. Okay, yeah. So world, worldwide connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Belonging. Security. Mm -hmm. Oh, support. Yeah. Acceptance, encouragement, friendship. I'm trying to repeat them a bit as well because it'll be on the tape as well. So. Uh, uh, like-mindedness. Like-mindedness. Other things people want to uh, contribute? Prayer support, yeah. Learning together. Learning together. Anything else? Yeah. Okay, manpower, sort of people to uh, join with you. Journeying life together. Practical help. Yeah, yeah. The early church was very much about that, and they were known for that. And then they, they set aside a thing for the widows and orphans, you know. And uh, confidentiality. Jan. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't we all? That. Fun. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I was at a conference recently, you know, where, you know, he was just going through uh, Luke's gospel and just showing how many parties Jesus was at, or meals, meal-stroke parties. So that was, that was more on the meals thing, but it's that whole thing, isn't it? Of water into wine. Yeah. That's right. But if you look at that, uh, and you look at, certainly you go through Luke's Gospel, you'll see uh, there's lots of, uh, um, parties, celebrations, what have you. It's a picture of heaven as well. I think that's a really, really important thing. Yeah. Not, it's not shallow at all. Um, and, uh, you know, food and fun and, uh, uh, that is fellowship, isn't it? Yeah. It is fellowship. Okay. We could go on, we won't, because I want to get through this within uh, uh, the next uh, 12 to 15 minutes. We finish it back. We will finish definitely by half eight, so that uh, Liz has got time for her bit as well later. So, okay.
And I know in doing that, we're not saying, oh, massive surprises or what have you. And like we are saying, you know, yeah, because we're dealing with people, you can put people on both sides. And our last bit here is just taking, you know, it's not exhaustive. You know, some of the little instructions, warnings and encouragements that, that Paul and Peter and John gave into real situations. We must always remember that with the letters, you know. They weren't abstract. They were writing to real people in real situations, you know, with, um, you know, Chloe and Euodia, you go, um, you know, falling out or what have you. you. Know what was going off in the Corinthian church? You know, so much stuff. But it, real people, real situations, and to the body of Christ. You know, I think I can say this with a fair amount of experience. Uh, you know, of of church life, of course, that more disruptive to the body of Christ or the church is what would happen within than without. If you think of a, a football team, uh, when they talk about either the manager's loss of dressing room or there's a disruptive influence in that dressing room or whatever, that affects the team or what have you much more. Whereas if somebody like Alex Ferguson has a right go at the Chelsea team or the Chelsea manager... That doesn't disunite the Chelsea team. That makes them stronger, you know, so that some of the assaults that may come our way as, as, as standing for Christ from outside can, can make us stronger, um, if you like. It doesn't mean we go looking for it. Um, and I'm not making light of what's going off in the world at the moment. Uh, far from it. But what what is much more disruptive and harder to deal with is when there's relationship breakdown, you know, within the body. That's much more insidious. But we need to be realistic as well and not overpaid. Of course, with any group of people uh, and with the spiritual battle that we're involved in, of course, you know, there are going to be times when we get it wrong, we fall out, uh, you know, the leader is manipulative, you know, other people are, um, you know, unfair. And I, it ha- that happens, you know, we know that. I don't need to go on about that, but that's why they wrote this stuff to the early church, because it was so important that they would represent the body of Christ. So here are just some of the don'ts and do's that are there. Um, It's not exhaustive, far from it. Just sort of three don'ts that are are there. There's, There's lots more. Let no bitter root grow up amongst you. The writer to the Hebrews says, and he says, and thereby miss the grace of God. And of course it's when things are done or said or you think they're said and they're just swept under the carpet and it's just put to one side and it just goes layer on layer. What can happen is that a, a bit of root can, can grow up and that is very uh, disruptive, you know. You and I, all of us, most of us here, you know, we've been in church long enough, you know, sometimes I've done 
wrong things to other people. I've let people down. I've said wrong things. Of course I have. And that's been done to me. The key thing is trying to keep short accounts. Dealing with things honestly. It's not saying, you know, if something wrong has happened, you have to deal with it. And hopefully people will, will, will recognize, um, you know, where they've, where they've got things wrong or what have you. But, but the point is, the bitter root affects, affects the heart. And, uh, there's a, there's a don't. Let there be no hint of immorality. That's quite interesting, isn't it? That's about how other people see us as well. It's not about saying if somebody fails or if somebody messes up within the body of Christ or what have you, um, that they're not accepted or that there isn't forgiveness. There's got to be. You know, there has. Um, but again, he's saying, you know, watch how you live because uh, that is an expression of being the body of Christ. We're not saying we will all agree on every dot and I of our um, ethical expression, uh, you know, of our Christian lives. There will be uh, differences. But Paul says, let there be no hint of immorality. Let no slander, unwholesome talk, gossip come out of your mouths. You know, and again, you know, these are challenging stuff. You know, and that's challenging to me because I know, you know, what I've been like. Not unwholesome talk, but you can still do some things. You think, hmm, shouldn't really have said it like that or, or the way I said it or what have you. Oh, I was just joking, but actually, uh, you know, there. But what you've got there, I've just taken three, three little things there that relate, if you like, to the heart, to the body, um, and, and to our mouths. You know, and we're, we're all prone to temptation. We will all have different weaknesses. And you've got the heart, the body, and the mouths there, because behind it all, um, is the mind. Um, and everything starts in the mind. Um, you know, it starts in the mind before we do the action or we say the things. We've had the thoughts, uh, as well. And so, they were writing to the early church and just saying, you know, Watch out. Watch out for this. Because is that representing Christ? <coughs> and now we have the, the sort of the positive injunctions as well. And there's loads of them in the New Testament. And I've just put some of them here. The sort of the one another, the each other sayings. There's about nine or ten. I can remember um, in Burton once, you know, we did a sermon series on about all ten of them. You know, just uh, taking a verse and uh, uh, looking at how we can live it out. You know, love one another is is all-encompassing, isn't it? And uh, Liz will be latching into this a bit uh, later, you know, where Jesus says, by this they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And actually, we can love one another by making up well, you know, acknowledging, mm, yeah, We've, I've hurt that brother, or, you know, I was unfair about that section of the church. And, you know, that can still be an expression uh, of love. Loving one another, you know, it's got lots of practical outworkings. Some of them are just coming up now here, you know. Confess your sins 
to one another. Um, that's there in James as well. Again, that doesn't mean standing up in church and, uh, you know, confessing your sins to everyone, but it may mean having just a, a trusted friend or a group of people and say, help me here, or I just need to acknowledge that. Or you may be needing to go to somebody personally and say, you know, I think I wronged you there, you know, please forgive me, or what have you. But but what that does, it's it's healthy, isn't it? It is healthy when we do it, but like Dave said earlier, and what have you, you know, things are hard. It doesn't mean things are easy. Far from it. Um, bear with one another. Bear with one another. It's a nice little phrase, isn't it? You know, it's like you see on the uh, traffic signs where it says, uh, you know, you're coming up to a junction, give way. Give way. You haven't always got the right of way. You know, and when we're talking about people, when we're talking about a lot of this, you know, personalities, differences of opinions, what, of course, you know, that's all good, really. We wouldn't want to be all identical, would we? Uniformity, that's, it's not what it's about. You know, that's the wonder of the body of Christ, isn't it? And God's creation. We are different. He's made us. Uh, you know, who we are and, and how we are. We know there's edges to be knocked off and um, what have you, but bearing with one another doesn't mean being walked over. doesn't mean not, not holding to an opinion that you have. That's fine. But bearing with one another. Maybe taking a moment just to say, hmm, I wonder why that person is saying that, or, you know, how are they feeling as they are saying that or what have you. Bearing with one another. It's been flagged up here. We know this is a, is a hugely hard one. You know, forgiving one another, because it is very easy for us to trot out, oh, you've just got to forgive them. You know, it, it, it isn't. It isn't as easy as that. It's not like that. We know the, we know the word is there. Uh, we know that's our calling. You know, we need help. We need time. We need grace. We need the spirit. Um, you know, it's not automatic. But do remember as well, when we're talking about forgiveness, it's not saying it didn't matter. It's not saying that the pain is removed. If we've been, we've been hurt or what have you. Um, but it is preventing bitterness and being enchained. When we can come to that moment of, uh, forgiving, uh, where that is, you know, right and appropriate. Forgive one another. Pray for one another. Um, it's there. It's what we do. Um, it's wonderful. Isn't it great to know, you know, that we can. We can ask one another. It's not just about the prayer ministry team or anything. It's uh, God's people. We can pray for one another. That's wonderful. Meet with one another. Encourage one another. You know, encourage. It's, it's putting courage into one another. Just as we're saying, you know... Uh, you know, I see, you see me running around, you know, from time to time, you know, and when people encourage you in that, that's great, you know. When people abuse you or put you down or what have you, well, that can, well, sometimes that spurs you on as well, but, but we know how important, uh, that is. So, we've got all of those things there. I'm just finishing with those four, 
um, watchwords, if you like. Unity, integrity, vulnerability that's been mentioned, and accountability. When we're saying, as the body of Christ, we're wanting unity, um, the whole point of unity is that we're not all the same, of course. That's where you have unity, where the different stages and the different personalities come together. When uh, Paul is pleading for Euodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord, um, you know, that's what he's saying. He's not necessarily saying, I don't think, oh, you've got to change your opinion, necessarily. Maybe that had to, but it was just like, find that, that unity in the Lord, even where there is a, a difference or a different way of looking at it. Um, but of course it doesn't mean within God's church, I think, unity at any cost. I don't think it means unity at any cost. There will be some things that are beyond the pale and we can't say that's right as a Christian church or as Christian people or what have you. Um, so it's not saying anything goes, we're accepting of everything. We're, we're, not, we're not talking about that. But we are talking about uh, uh, a standing together in the Lord. Uh, having integrity, healthy relationships do require vulnerability. And that's hard. And I find that hard. Some of you will find that hard as well. Uh, and it's not that we should be open and vulnerable with lots of people again. You know, just the same as friendship. You know, you can't have 30 close friends. I doubt. You can definitely have 30 friends, 30 acquaintances, but you've probably only got a few close friends. That was the same with Jesus, even with the disciples, and 12 and 3 and 1. Uh, and that's the place for vulnerability and accountability. That's enough for me, uh, because as we hear that, you know, and these injunctions, oh, forgive one another, bear with one another, love one another, what have you. What I don't want us to get, of course, is into that mindset of, oh, this is what we should do, this is what makes us right with God. It is the outworking of our life, and these are here for us. But that's why Liz has got the second part, which is really the first part, that to actually be able to do some of this stuff and live in this way is about getting back to our foundations, living out of our identity in Christ in the power of the Spirit. I can't do it in my strength alone, and nor can you.